0: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today for the transgressors memorial service, remembering those who have transgressed against the great spirit of inclusion and must forever be cast into the abyss of dead names. Let's join Brother Andrew remembering those who we have lost. first remembrance this week is for Holden Armenta, the young Chiefs fan who wore an Indian headdress and black face paint to the Kansas City football game last week. As Deadspin properly noted, his attire was cultural appropriation and nobody should be wearing blackface under any circumstances. Now we do acknowledge that Deadspin may have missed some key facts in the story. First of all, he wasn't actually wearing blackface but simply had painted half of his face black and the other half red as a sports fan because those are Chiefs colors. Nevertheless. Remember the first rule of cancel culture, always stand with your fellow cancelers. Once Deadspin condemned it as blackface, we were all committed to supporting them. Besides, it's not as if half blackface is really okay, and having half redface while wearing an elaborate feather headdress certainly is anti-indigenous person racism as well. As we often remind our white citizens, just don't wear colors on your face. Half blackface and half redface are just as bad as full blackface or full redface. Blue in Indianapolis, yellow in Green Bay, orange in Illinois, just don't do it. Now, yes, we've also learned that this young man's headdress may not be problematic since he actually is of Indian heritage. His grandfather, Raul Armenta, sits on the board of the Chumash tribe in Santa Ynez, California. Nevertheless, again, we affirm that once one of our fellow cancelers steps out in faith to condemn a young boy for being racist, we must all stand as one with those who cancel. But let me take time to correct a mistake some of our newer parishioners have been making. I actually overheard someone say that this boy has been the victim of overly aggressive wokeness. I could not disagree more. Remember the prime directive. The most important thing about our agenda is to continually remind people that our agenda is the most important thing. Therefore, if there are not enough major or legitimate offenses to publicize, it is entirely appropriate to exaggerate minor ones and, when necessary, to even fabricate violations so as to continually inflame emotion with the virtue of our cause. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend! Second, Elizabeth Weiss, the San Jose State University anthropology professor who committed at least two heresies worthy of excommunication. Weiss was invited to the American and Canadian Anthropological Association's annual meeting as a panelist to discuss the subject, Why Biological Sex Remains a Necessary Analytical Category in Anthropology. My own area of expertise is physical anthropology. So I was going to talk about bones and how you tell the difference between males and females and how anthropologists over the years have gotten better at determining who was a male and who was a female. But... Realizing the major error they were about to make, the AAA canceled the panel and explained that, quote, "...there is no place for transphobia in anthropology." So true. Now, obviously, we celebrate these professional organizations for refusing to discuss any scientific discoveries that might be used to perpetuate the lie that sex difference is a real thing, is binary, and part of our basic anatomy. As we all know, sex and gender are mere constructs, and any science that says otherwise is propaganda from the anti-rainbow enemies of the people of the acronym. But what sins did Professor Weiss specifically commit? First, she did an interview with Fox News, as if any scientist should ever be talking with the enemy so openly. Second, in that interview with the Deplorable Network, she complained that modern anthropology was being driven by activism and not by science. I also do think it is the... Shift from anthropology as a science to anthropology as an activist field—that's problematic. Problematic. We're a bit taken aback by this criticism because it's not a criticism. It's precisely what we've been chanting in favor of all these years. As the great Professor Monk Jeremy Springleman taught us: when the science fits our values, we tell people to listen to the science. When the science does not fit our values, we must change the science. And then tell people to listen to the new and improved science. Science itself does not represent truth, only science that gets the right answers represents truth. And for Weiss to tell the Fox News audience how bad this is only serves to reinforce their bigoted and backwards opposition to the true authentic and sacred certified inclusion science of the holy acronym string. All hail the acronym string. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. Finally, We want to take a moment to praise the robust movement in America to overthrow traditional gender oppression through the use of gender-neutral baby names. Yes, as more of our followers make the choice to reproduce, a choice which we emphasize is non-normative, non-mandatory, and non-superior compared to the equally valid and beautiful choice to deny your biological teleology and remain childless, We celebrate the goodness of not imposing a gender identity upon poor defenseless babies by giving them names that so cruelly reveal to other people their anatomical features without their consent. A recent survey showed that many of the most popular baby names for 2024 are completely gender neutral such as Collins, Harrison, Coulter, Huxley, Noah, Wren, and Sloan. Parents are choosing to conceal the embarrassing anatomical features of their children from society in order to preserve the tabula rasa of sexuality that is every American baby's human birthright. Oh, glorious liberation from the cisgender binaryarchy. Finally, we are effectively waging war against the bigotry embedded in the structure of our child naming protocols. Soon enough, birth certificates can be liberated from the checkboxes indicating a child's sex assigned at birth. We even dream of a future in which people will stop asking those cruel, transphobic questions like is it a boy or a girl, and do you know what you're having, and are you going to wait to find out what it is? Of course we're going to wait, and not just until birth, but until it tells us what it is, whenever it feels ready to do so. Now, there is another aspect of this baby naming strategy we support, and that's aggressively reassigning traditional male names to girls so as to co-opt them into the feminine leading side of the gender spectrum. Kelly, Francis, Kim, Allison, Carol, Shannon, Drew, Leslie, Austin, Taylor, and so many more have all made the switch from male to female and more are coming. Which is good, because this undermines the embedded bias that somehow a boy with a girl name is effeminate and unmanly, whereas a girl with a boy name is innovative and chic. Such a view can only be predicated on the misogyny that girls are inferior to boys and that girlishness taints a boy's manliness. Well I say taint away. Turn all names into girl names so that babies can be free from the cisgender tyranny of sex segregation and the separate but equal gender apartheid our culture currently practices. So good for you parents of Spencers and Aubreys and Carters and Rivers and Ridleys and Fishers everywhere. Continue to conquer the cognitive space through the aggressive use of misgendered names. Let the gender confusion reign supreme. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. As you depart today... Please drop a note of affirmation in the It Takes a Village box for Becky Morgan, who had made a terrible decision this week, which she felt she had to do. The co-op was temporarily out of plant-based organic spread when she was shopping for her annual non-pilgrim-centric Harvest Moon Festival dinner, and Becky had to use actual cow-derived butter for her sweet potatoes. She felt horrible about it, but didn't want to be judged a bad cook by her mother-in-law. Please forgive her and tell her it'll be okay eventually. Refreshments this week are provided by Jumpin' Jehoshaphat's Breakfast Cafe. Explore the future of protein with 100% natural grasshopper paste. From our savory locusts benedict to jumpers and mash, and even blueberry cricket compote on toast. All of our seven breakfast specials are sure to give you a jump on your day. You can really taste the sustainability. And now, brethren, sisterin, and otherin, having been cleansed of these hurtful words... Give each other the holy virtue signal and go forth and transgress no more.